ponytail guy, slow mo ponytail guy, slow mo ponytail guy. He likes to talk to strangers, telling tales of his wondrous ponytail. Slow mo ponytail guy, slow mo ponytail guy, slow mo ponytail guy. He likes to skip along, letting his ponytail flop up and down. Good morning, Sweet World, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Tuesday, March 23rd. I'm J.E. Skeets rolling this morning with my top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo! Hey, yo! Yes, let that ponytail <laughs> flow. Ponytail Shout out guy. to my buddy Rob Armstrong <laughs> coming through with that cold open. Uh, we also got the international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friend. Mmm, Lily. And last but not least, making the magic happen is JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Guys, please like and comment and subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. And make sure you check out last night's Top Shot Hot Boys. Trey and I were ripping some mad packs. So many packs were ripped. Uh, thanks to everybody that joined us. You can go watch that again on the No Dunks YouTube channel. And check out Tass's What You Need to Know Monday through Friday this week. Uh, a banger once again there this morning from TK and JD very early. You can join them at 7 a.m. Eastern live if you'd like to. Okay, email us your questions and comments for the Beach Steppin' Podcast. No dunks at theathletic.com to email them in. We're going to hit the sand later today. About 3.30, I believe, mm, Eastern. Yes. Yeah, a little bit later. Uh, but that'll be live on YouTube. And then, of course, that uh, podcast will be in your podcast feed, Beach Steppin'. But always get your questions in, no dunks at theathletic.com. And finally, immaculate items available for sale over at NoDunks.com. JD's got the purple No Dunks basketball tee on. I got the crew neck on. So go grab your uh, your merchandise there and rep the No Dunks brand. Okay, let's start today with a juicy trade rumor. 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 Yeah. Yes. We got a nice, juicy one coming in here today. Trey, get us started, man. Address this. The Celtics emerge as frontrunners to land the Orlando Magic's Aaron Gordon. Marcus Smart could be going back. Evan Fournier could also be included, maybe in a sort of second deal between Boston and Orlando. What's your take on this juicy, juicy rumor? Oh, it's official. We're in trade deadline season. If the Celtics are closing in on a trade, <laughs> feels so right to me. But Skeetsy, I actually believe this one. Yeah. The Celtics, they got a bunch of movable pieces. Marcus Smart, rumored to be in the deal, as you mentioned. They've got all their own picks. They've got the biggest trade exception in history, a use it or lose it kind of thing. But most importantly, the Celtics have a need to make a trade. They're under 500. After last night, they're 22nd in defense. They're lacking depth. It feels like they need a shake-up. So, yeah, I'm kind of buying into this rumor. I tend to buy into every single Danny Ainge rumor because he's always got a whole bunch of things to trade. But I think this could actually be a pretty solid trade because it's a, it's a 
fair, I think, on both ends. The return for the Celtics, Aaron Gordon and uh, possibly Evan Fournier, they definitely help. Gordon is going to up the defensive versatility that the Celtics have, give you that kind of big wing, sort of small power forward defender that they need. He's just average on the glass, which I think you would need a little bit more beef uh, if you're the Celtics, if you want to, after we saw what happened with the Grizzlies last night, they need some help on the glass as well. Aaron Gordon can be a good passer. The question to me is if Aaron Gordon wants to be a role player. Everybody's saying, just be Draymond Green. Play the Draymond Green role. And if mm-hmm. he's committed to doing that, if he's committed to doing what the team needs and not necessarily what he wants, he can be a huge help to the Celtics. I think there are problems with Aaron Gordon when he gets too much into the playmaker role, when he's really pounding the ball, when he's not a ball mover, just looking for his own shot. That's not the Aaron Gordon that the Celtics want. They want an Aaron Gordon who is playing like Andre Iguodala on the Olympics team or Andre Iguodala on the Warriors or Draymond Green, a guy who does every little thing and keeps the ball moving, scores when they need, rebounds, plays defense. They need all that from Aaron Gordon. They don't need him to go out and score 25 a game and try and get 10 assists. That's just not what the Celtics need right now. I think Fournier, a vet, he can score with the ball in his hands. That's not a huge need for the Celtics right now, but he would instantly be their best player off the bench, assuming that's where he comes from. However... If I'm the Celtics, I'm a little bit nervous to give up Marcus Smart. He's the Mm. longest-tenured Celtic on the Beantown Boys. He's their best defender. He's their emotional leader. When the Celtics were struggling, everybody was saying, things are going to be better when Marcus Smart returns. So the question to me is, how would that affect the Celtics if they trade their emotional leader? Uh, It makes sense from a roster balance perspective, I really think, but I'm unsure on the locker room. Two first-rounders as well uh, to acquire the second and third-best players on a brutal team is a bit steep. But it's got to be fair. You know, you got to give up something to actually get something. And Aaron Gordon's a hot name right now. So if the Celtics are ready to up the ante, I can see them making this move. But I'm also ready uh, to have another trade deadline go by with uh, feeling like the Celtics are going to make a move. But they need to. They really need to. What do you think, Lee? Again, this would in theory have to be sort of two moves because... Let's say with the Gordon coming to the Celtics, that'd probably be trade exception. And then if Evan Fournier is also, if the Celtics are also interested in him, yeah, that's where the picks come into play, of course, and and Marcus Smart and stuff like that. But what do you make of this, uh, yeah, a couple magic guys going to the Boston Celtics? And especially like Trey said, the idea of giving up Marcus Smart, you know, you're, you're, you're really your emotional leader at times over the last couple of years and a good player and incredible defensive player and having him go for a guy like AG and possibly Evan Fournier. What do you think? Yeah, I don't like that from the Celtics because Marcus Smart basically is doing all those things that they're going to ask Aaron Gordon to do and are not convinced he can do those and accept that role because Marcus Smart has accepted himself, I think, as a role player on that team. He gets shots when the shots come to him, but they don't really run the offense through him. Defensively, he does whatever's asked of him. And yeah, when they're, when they're down, he's the sort of guy who tends to keep those guys together. I think he has that respect from within the locker room. Now, if you look at pure numbers, I think Gordon's slightly ahead of him, a you know, better shooter and things like that. But I think Marcus Smart brings so much more to that team than just the box score. And I think that would be a big hole that they would leave there particularly if Aaron Gordon isn't going to be there long-term. So, yeah, you're right. Trey's right. You have to give up something to get something, and Aaron Gordon is certainly available. But I think that's a bit of a risk there from the Celtics to uh, to give up Smart. Now, look, they're not going to give up Jalen Brown. They're not going to give up Jason Tatum, of course. So Smart is that next sort of valuable piece. Right. But I'm not sure that that really does all that much for the Celtics to improve them. I think if they can somehow get Aaron Gordon, you know, by giving up some of their other younger pieces and perhaps a draft pick, then then it's worth it. 
But that that leaves a big hole to me. Um, you know, again, not on the box score for Marcus Smart. In the, in those grinding tough moments at the end of the game, that's when Marcus Smart brings his value, and I think they will miss that, especially. For a guy like Aaron Gordon, who we know can go out and give you 30 points sometimes, but he'll also just go missing for games on end and you wonder about his intensity and his effort at times. So mm-hmm. to me... Doesn't sound like you love it. No, I don't. I don't. I, I, I think Marcus Mudd, I, I, I value his contribution to the Celtics uh, extremely high because, you know, he could have uh, a couple of seasons ago probably uh, left or asked to be traded to go to a team with a bigger role and even get paid more money, except a little bit less there. Because I think Brad Stevens is like, we need you, we, you know, but you don't score the points of the guys who get the huge contracts. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to reward you by what I need on the court, but you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to accept less of a of a pay packet than you could get somewhere else if you want to accept that role. And he did that. So, for me, I, I would be very hesitant to give up a uh, a reliable, trusted piece in Marcus Smart, who, as I say, maybe not as offensively gifted as Aaron Gordon. But for someone who you're just like, you just wonder if Aaron Gordon can even stay focused on the game for long enough in a situation there like that in Boston. So don't like that at all as it is. If there's more pieces and, and you know, some adjustments made it to that trade, perhaps a third team or even a fourth team comes in, you know, maybe they'll, they'll somehow replace that defensive intensity that Marcus mm-hmm. Smart brings. But on the surface, I, I don't like where it stands right now. Here's what I love about trade season. I love that a guy like Aaron Gordon, because his name is popping up like every three minutes on every podcast you listen to, guilty as charged, of course. I'm always bringing him up and saying he's going to be traded. I like when Aaron Gordon turns into basically prime Scottie Pippen. (laughs) You know, just like how we talk about them. It happens every year, right, Trey? Like where we pick a guy or two and we're just like talking about them nonstop. And we're talking about like obviously the positive qualities they bring to a team on the floor, but we just probably go way overboard. This is Aaron Gordon at the end of the day. And again, guilty as charged. You know, I've talked about him. I think him being a nice like addition to like the Nuggets or maybe even the Blazers. And uh, sure, maybe the Celtics, though I'm with you a little bit, Lee, don't love the idea of giving up on Marcus Smart here. It reeks a little bit of desperation, mm. which I think the Celtics are at here mm-hmm. for maybe a shakeup. But uh, yeah, Trey, you were agreeing with me. We do this with guys and it's pretty funny yeah pretty good comment from deso palancia in the stream team who says i can't believe we're comparing aaron gordon (laughs) to draymond and andre crazy times you're right to me this is the ramon sessions memorial award Mm. the guy whose value gets really blown up at the trade deadline because they're going to a marquee team uh when ramon sessions went to the lakers i think he was he maybe coming from the Bucks? I'm not totally sure, but he had had these crazy high assist games. Yeah. And it was like the the thinking was that Ramon Sessions playing fast is going to be the difference for Kobe Bryant out there. It didn't turn out like that, but I remember that trade deadline. We talked about Ramon Sessions <laughs> nonstop. <laughs> Ramon Sessions talking about Ramon Sessions. It was insane stuff, but you're right. Uh, when those are the players that are out there, uh, you can see how the market gets driven up, right? Yeah, like yeah. that's why I would be nervous to give up two first rounders for Aaron Gordon, a guy who has not oh, yeah. played to his potential. But in this market, if he's the best player out there and you have two first rounders and you really do want to make a move to try and make some noise in the playoffs, you might have to come up off those picks. Mm. Yeah. And also if I'm the Celtics, I don't got the greatest, uh, you know, history of nailing sort of later picks uh, where Truth. I'm picking at, uh, because, you know, we're obviously a good team, so we're not like in the lottery, you know, we're getting in those teens and a little bit lower and 
Truth is, the Celtics haven't done an incredible job lately. There's no. been some, you know, promising players, but there's a bunch of like, what? You could have had so and so, you could have had so and so, and they struck out a little bit. So maybe you're more likely to move off those picks, is what I mean, yeah. because you hadn't had a ton of success, I guess, with your scouting. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, you see first round picks, you see two of them, you're like, what for Aaron Gordon? But then you got to catch yourself. You're like. Yeah, these are not likely lottery picks here. Wasn't you know? uh, the rumor that Danny Ainge was going to give up six picks from Justice, Justice Winslow? Justice Winslow? Was it six? Is that how high it got? I, I thought, thought it was four, four first four. rounders. Uh, okay. Maybe yeah. it was four and then just internet uh, fame took it out to six. I don't Maybe. know. But uh, but that's the thing. Danny Ainge has uh, had a lot of success acquiring a lot of draft picks, but then you do have to cash those in and, and turn them into something great. And you know he did well with Tatum and Brown for sure. Uh, but other than that, you know, they are they are definitely missing a piece, and this is their worst season uh, that they've had in the last four or five for sure. That they mm. they are really struggling now. Again, everyone's had injuries and coronavirus, and, and and Tatum didn't play last night. He was a late scratch, so yeah. they're dealing with the same sort of issues that everyone is. But they certainly look like a team that uh, needs some sort of a, 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 a shuffle, a lineup change, or whatever it is. But you've got to be careful that you don't just do it just for the sake of doing it, especially. Right with a guy like, I mean, like Andre Iguodala, the comparison to him, I mean, he wasn't the sort of role player that he became in Golden State until he got to that team where it was like, this is where we need, and he was at a later stage of his career. Aaron Gordon, if he reaches the potential that we all sort of see in him with that athleticism and the ability to shoot threes, I think he was shooting 46% from three for the first month of the season a year ago, something crazy like that. <laughs> you know, if what he was pull. to reach that potential, then then you'd give up Marcus Martin a heartbeat. But it's right. just, it's like Danny Ainge, you know, I, I, he doesn't seem like the sort of guy to me who would make that desperate move just for the sake of it right now. I think he'd rather keep uh, Marcus Martin and see what's available in the offseason because Aaron Gordon just, uh, th- there's got to be a buyer beware with him. Well, I'm feeling good about my Aaron Gordon will be traded uh, prediction. I, I think, we, I, you know, we lock it in. It's happening, man. I don't think I don't know if it's the Celtics. Some teams get Aaron Gordon, uh, so he will be moved, which is, I guess, a little bit exciting. We'll have like a a smaller, uh, you know, definitely not a superstar name, but a name that people know that we can talk about wherever <laughs> he lands. You know, it gives us something there. Because this next one, guys, uh, a lot of you probably have never even heard of this player. He's a Canadian boy. I'll try and say his name correctly. Yeah, the Clippers traded Fiondu Cabangeli. All right, and a future second round pick and cash to the Kings for a protected future second round pick. This happened yesterday. This is the type of trade we're looking at right now. By the way, <laughs> the Athletics' the John skates. Hollinger called this trade. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he did. Like, guys, the Athletic has the best NBA writers in the world. Hollinger called this trade like a day prior. It's crazy. Um, wow. And here's why the Clippers did this move. Uh, you know, we're laughing at it. But the moving off the salary here opens other avenues for the Clips because they now are 2.6 million below the hard cap because that was going to give them problems here in trying to either make they have two open roster spots now so they can use call-ups or we'll get into the uh, you know post-deadline buyout. So this does maybe set them up for something here. It also generated a $2 million trade exception and the Kings, I guess, just taking a flyer on a good old Canadian boy. I don't know <laughs> if you guys have anything to add to this. Um, I think, again, this is something that's going to lead to something else for the Clippers in terms of the spots and a little bit more uh, money to play with, but... Anything to add, Lily? Uh, you, you were laughing when I brought it up, so I doubt it. Look, I was just a little surprised to see this name second to topic in the doc this morning. Oh, man, I was just we're not like, taking 10 minutes on this. Don't you know, worry. You know, I'll, I'll, I'm not sure how that this is going to happen. But I do wonder, you say this does you know, likely open up the opportunity here for the Clippers. These moves tend to happen uh, in advance of that 
bigger move happening. Yeah, so yeah. It, it sounds to me like the Clippers do have something cooking there, and uh, they just have to get their uh, you know get the money in order first. So exciting to see who it is because I think it'll be <laughs> so exciting. I, well, no, I think I think the move they're going to make is obviously going to be uh, more significant. So hopefully we get a, a bit of Clippers talk later in the week. Okay. Great. Um, Trey, I'm not even going to ask you for your No, no, no. I have one last thing to add. You literally covered everything I had to add, which was that you got to be a true sicko to actually call (laughs) this trade. Only a former GM could do something like this because nobody else is getting into the ins and outs of the end of the roster building. But you're right, Lee. It's going to open something up. Maybe it'll be Andre Drummond, LaMarcus Aldridge. We'll see what buyout guy goes into that roster spot that's open the only other thing i had left to add is that it was nice to see Dwayne dedman's name again you know that was a guy that we talked about a lot at one point in time he was a ramon sessions uh and apparently (laughs) his trade created this trade exception that cabbage jelly went into now so cool stuff to see Dwayne dedman's name again shout out man Man. this was wild skeets you did your trade deadline primer and you're like i got three predictions here one of them is lame then you started talking about the Orlando Magic making a trade, and that wasn't the, the lame, lame one, one man. Nope. That was not no. the lame no, one. The Wayne, Wayne Ellington. Ellington was, yep. I'm sorry. Wayne Ellington for a second rounder is a blockbuster. <laughs> it is. <laughs> compared to compared this. Compared to this. So you're doing all right, buddy. Okay, good, good. Thank you. Okay, well, then that brings me to a fun question here for everybody in the stream team, everybody listening later. Let us know in the comments and tweet at us at NoDunkSync. What's a trade you most want to see happen this week? Lee, I'm going to start with you. If you say f***ing anything about Bradley Beal, I'm cutting your mic. So just get a little more creative and go somewhere else. Uh, yeah, what's a realistic trade you would like to see happen? Well, lately? so we've been talking a lot about the Celtics, and uh, I think there are some better names out there than Aaron Gordon. A little bit older, these guys, but I think they certainly fit what the Celtics need a little bit more. And I think it could be DeRozan or LaMarcus Aldridge. We know definitely LaMarcus Aldridge is available. And DeRozan, I think, probably is too for the right price. And and now, they've got that trade exception. I uh, Someone who's a little bit more in tune with exactly how that works will be able to tell me if DeRozan can fit into it. I think he can. I believe he can. Uh, because it's a huge one. It's like $28 million, So I yeah, think he can. Yeah, but it's can. really, it's really as I said on the trade deadline primer, if you were listening, Lee, it's actually more of like a $19.9 million right. because of okay. uh, their books over there. I forget what DeRozan makes off the he's top a, of He's head. on like $28 million himself uh, this season. Yeah. So, okay, so okay. you have to get a little more creative then. But, yep. but I think they can, you know, they can figure out a way to get that to happen. But, um, Do you like DeRozan it, on the Celtics? Well, I, think, I honestly think for this season, because he's an unrestricted free agent next season, if the Celtics don't have to give up all that much, now they, the, the Spurs will probably want something in return but again mm-hmm. if you've got a guy as a unrestricted free agent you're not going to get a huge return but maybe Popovich and Buford can uh, just work a first round pick at him and say listen DeRozan's available if you want him give us a late first round pick and he's yours uh, well, if I just giving think, two first-round picks for Aaron Gordon, yeah, I think there could be something there. Yeah, but, but it could be a rental, though, for the Celtics. But yeah. I just think as far as you get then a proven scorer, you know, you can rely on DeMar DeRozan. You know what you're getting out of him. You know, he's, a, he's not a great defender, but he's certainly not a bad defender. Um, and so for where they are this season, it's like, well, let's just see if DeRozan is, can be the guy that can improve us. He gives us another uh, scoring option against uh, with Tatum and Brown and, and Kemba Walker there. So... If he's available, I think the Celtics would be much smarter to go after him. Then they don't really have to give up all that much. I don't think the Spurs would say, well, we want Marcus Smart in return. I don't think they'd even get it. So there could be something done there. And uh, and as I say, LaMarcus, we know he's definitely yeah. available. So maybe the Celtics could get him. I think he would be an improvement for this season. And then Danny Ainge, you know, they're not taking on any long-term salary. They get a look at both of these guys. 
to see if whether or not next season they could fit into what the team's trying to build. So uh, I think there's something there with San Antonio and Boston to almost make a trade. Two teams that just don't like to make those mid-season deals. Maybe there's one there for them this year. Well, uh, somebody agrees with you in the stream team there, Lily. Yash says uh, he could see you know DeRozan being like a Gordon Hayward right. type replacement. You know. I understand that. That make, does make some sense there. Uh, DeRozan's a, turned into a really incredible playmaker yeah. uh, as, he's, as his career has gone and on and on. Celtics could use that. There's a lot of dribbling on that team, a lot of sort of like ISO action. Ball does not move a whole ton. Um, so, okay, you're getting uh, creative there with the Celtic Spurs. Yeah, two teams that are known to be making tons of deals. Uh, but, yeah, maybe. Hey, maybe this is the year. This is the year. Where are you going, Trey? What's something you'd like to see happen this week? Doubles. Got to make a trade. I don't know if they're the worst good team in the league or the best bad team. They've been bum-slaying all year, smoking the bad teams. Then they go out and lose to the good teams. This is exactly what happened with the Pistons and Jazz. Doubleheader they had. They beat the Pistons. It wasn't very inspiring, but they beat them pretty easy because the Bulls are better. Then they go out and they get smoked by the Jazz. Not great stuff. Arturus Karnishevis, that guy has been chilling since taking over for the Bulls, and everybody's been okay with it. He's coasting on the good vibes, though, of being the new guy, and it's time to do something. The indications are that the Bulls want to be buyers at the deadline. I think that's great. It's weird to me that the Bulls almost never come up in major market talk when you're hearing people talk about major markets, and that is a problem to me. They're a huge market, a legacy franchise. They kind of should be acting like it. They're making a playoff push for the first time in their rebuild since the Jimmy Butler trade. They have tradable pieces. I've put Otto Porter's gigantic expiring contract in every deal possible. (laughs) Magic fans were pissed yesterday that I wanted to trade Otto Porter, Lowry Markkinen, and a first-round pick for Nikola Vucevic. I understand. He's going to be your all-time leading scorer, Magic fans, but guess what? I also tried to trade Otto Porter for Anthony Davis and Kyle Lowry. (laughs) I'm going to try and trade him for anybody that's making about $30 million because that's a huge trade chip. That honestly needs to be cashed in because Porter's barely in the Bulls rotation. He hasn't really been able to stay on the court, but he could be valuable to a team, I don't know, like the Lakers, like the Clippers, uh, a championship-level team that wants somebody who can sop up some minutes, make some threes. He'll be better on a contending team, I think. Lowry Markkinen, another guy I'd be fine putting in a deal, like that magic deal. He's shooting the ball really well. He has some trouble staying on the court and he has trouble contributing outside of shooting and some flashes where he takes a guy off the dribble, but he's still talented. He's still only 23 years old. He's a restricted free agent after the season. So if somebody's interested, you get him for the end of this year and then you have the rights to re-sign him in the summer. Bulls have all their picks. They've got the giant expiring contract, young players. They could be intriguing. They're probably making the play in regardless, but they could get to the top six if they actually make a move for somebody who helps. Can't be evaluation mode all the time. Let's see something happen here, AK. Yeah, on the Sunday trade deadline primer, I talked about like all the restricted free agents, Larry Markin and being one of them. And I think he is the most likely of like your call-ins and maybe even your Lonzos and stuff like that, these RFAs, to be moved. Um, I see it. I think there's teams that could talk themselves into it. You know, he is, like you said, Trey, like he can shoot. I mean, the guy's a 40% three-point shooter, uh, seven foot tall. Yeah, he doesn't give you much defensively. Uh, he doesn't give you a whole lot else, actually, if we're being honest. No. He's very Bargnani-like. I hate to bring up that comparison again, yeah, but he, yeah, he Skeets, sort of I, is. I pulled the list of uh, three-point shooters who are over seven feet tall. 
Markinen already number six on the list at number two. You guessed it. Andrea Bargnani. <laughs> wow. Yeah, man. Wow. Seven footers haven't been shooting threes for that long. No. <laughs> These no. guys are top six. Come exactly. On. Yeah. I yeah. mean, who's, so what? Dirk is number one, right? By, by a mile? Yes. Yeah. Yes, by a mile. Uh, yeah, so I, I could see Lauer Markkinen being moved and the auto porter expiring. Yeah. Do they just come to an agreement on a buyout? And is that probably more likely? Probably. Eh, probably. But uh, okay, I like this. Celtics and Bulls. Let's hear from everybody again. <laughs> Who you would like to uh, see get moved this week? Uh, I'll move on again. Go listen to my Sunday uh, Primer podcast, Trade Deadline Primer podcast, where I talk a lot about uh, some of the predictions I want to see. And by the time we would say something now, we're so close to the deadline, it'll either just happen or a little player that we talked about will be moved to another team. So we'll keep it moving here. We're gonna get Hold to on, the games. Great, great, great correction here by Grant Channing Fry is number two. Oh, good catch, Channing Fry. Yeah, good I'm catch. Not, I'm not bad. Barnani third. I think so. I don't know. Okay. I gotta go. Now I got to go check my tweets. It's okay, not worth anyway. it. It's not worth it. Luke Cornette is 15th, though. Guaranteed <laughs> wow. Luke Cornette is 15th if somebody is looking for a Lowry Markkinen knockoff. Wow. Oh, yeah. People in the uh, in the stream team saying, how long until Poku is on this list? <laughs> not long, baby. Right, yeah, not long, not long if Cornette's that. 15th. Yeah, right. So, okay, we're going to you know turn our attention to the games from last night, though I'm sure that's still going to include some trade talk, Raps fans, because we'll start with the Rockets snapping a 20-game losing streak. I felt good for Steven Silas, I'll be honest. You know, they're, they're off the schneid there. They got a victory. Unfortunately, it came against my team, the Toronto Raptors, who have hit rock bottom for this garbage season down there in Tampa. Lee, where do you want to get started with this? You want to talk about the Rockets getting uh, obviously a much needed victory or the Raptors now losing nine straight in pretty devastating style. They got they got their ass handed to them there uh, late in this one. In the end, they did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was somewhat close there at halftime. Uh, I think uh, McLemore was hit at like a half court bomb. And it was, that almost, was house. Yeah, oh, house. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, almost like that was a symbol of like, yeah, it's just not the Raptors night. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. They now have the longest losing streak at the league at nine in a row. And yeah. uh, you got Denver, Phoenix, Portland, the next three. I mean, now they're in Tampa, so, you know, home-ish. No, but, it's not home. Uh, yeah, well, that's the problem is, uh, yeah. So I don't Part know now, yeah. you know, because I, I've been sort of saying, I think the Raptors... With their continuity and experience, all those factors I thought would have come into play by now, but instead it's gone the other way. And uh, four games out of uh, eighth in the playoffs. So maybe now Masai Jiri has changed his uh, attitude towards this trade deadline and thinks, well, may as well see what I can get for these guys, especially because Kyle Lowry, it seems no matter what happens for the remainder of this season, that he won't be a Raptor next season. Uh, That seems almost inevitable. So if you can get something for him, and I think, you know, seeing the Clippers making these moves, teams are going to say, yep, now's our time because Kyle Lowry's there. The Raptors may as well cash in on him. So uh, I think that's going to happen. I think there's now going to be some movement. And it may not just be Lowry. It, it may be some other players there. So, uh, you know, I think Norm is the most likely of the others to go. It, But, uh, yeah, this was just um, just a bad, bad performance from the Raptors. The Raptors are playing like the worst team in the league right now. If you're, I mean, yeah. I watch a lot of Raptors. And I watch a lot of basketball. They yeah. look like the worst team right now. That's the scary part. Yeah. I mean, like... They shouldn't like, be. This was obviously the game that they could have just win to shake off, you know, because they played well against the Jazz on uh, Friday night there. And it was like, you know, they're they're close to a victory. So you go from maybe the best team in the league to, you know, one of the worst and get pounded by them. It's it's bad. So, yeah, uh, the Raptors don't think they're even going to make the playoffs. So, Uh 
Yeah. Well, but isn't I saw... that the end of the streak? The longest active yeah, streak if they yeah. miss it? Mm. Oh, yeah. Don't talk too much about that. It's one of my answers for a question <laughs> when we hit the beach later today. Uh, but I thought uh, William Liu does a fantastic job of like recapping a lot of the Raptors games. He has a podcast, uh, Raptors Over Everything, over Yahoo Sports. I thought he brought up a really interesting point. He was, po- he was, he was talking today in a, or last night in his article about the 2018 Raptors. They used to have a bench unit of Van Vliet, Powell... Mm-hmm. Siakam, OG, DeLon Wright, and Jakob Pertl. All six of those players now are starters in this league. You know, four of them in Toronto, of course, and then uh, the other two there, Wright and Pertl, uh, elsewhere. Compare that to what the Raptors have on their second unit now. It's basically Chris Boucher, yep. who is fine for games, but, you know, has not put it together yet in this league. He hasn't shown that. I don't think he's, well, maybe with the Raptors, uh, you know, starting five is maybe a starting center, but it's Boucher is what I'm getting at here. This is why William Liu, and I'm starting to come around on it, thinks you've got to find the best offers right now for Norm and Lowry because the developmental pipeline for this team is basically bone dry. The Raptors have seven players who went undrafted. Mm -hmm. Like, on one hand, you're like, wow, kudos. That's pretty cool. Like, you know, taking a chances, finding these gems, so to speak. But only one of them is Van Vliet, <laughs> uh, who was, honestly, he was great in this game. He gave it his all. You know, Lowry was Lowry. It's fine. But all these other guys, all these other undrafted guys, like, this is not something you're going to be proud of. You need to get some young talent in here, some picks. And yeah, okay, it's great that those guys that I said back in 18, a lot of those guys are starters for them uh, in Van Vliet, Powell, Siakam, and OG. But there's no bench. And, uh, you know, this team is lifeless. It's brutal. And I, I really am now wondering if in the next two days here, I guess, two, three days, if uh, Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster, they do it, Lili, and they say, yeah, we got to get something here. Because we, we, we definitely, like you said, we may not even make the playoffs, let alone we're not competing for a championship. Mm. So Lowry, if he's leaving, let's see if we can get something for him. You know, with his blessing, he sounds like he wants yeah. to go to a winner. So yeah. you're going to try and get him to the Heat. You're going to try to get him to the Sixers. You're going to try to get him to the Clippers, wherever. And then whatever you can take for Norm, I think you've got to cash in on Norm. Like, he had a garbage game last night, but his trade value has never been higher. He's got and a player option, I think, for next season. Yeah, too, he does. And he's yeah. probably going to yeah. opt out. out of that yeah. because he's played pretty well and he'll probably make himself a pretty uh, decent yeah. paycheck. Definitely more than what he makes now. What's he make? Like 10 or 11, right? I, so Yeah, I thought, I thought it was a little high, but yeah, okay. he's so, going to get paid more. So anyway, I thought it was an interesting point from William Liu uh, when you sort of compare the teams from, from yesteryear to now. And uh, it's depressing as Raps fans, but... Well, we know, had those know, T-shirts, how... didn't we? The Bench Bros T-shirts. <laughs> I wish I was I wearing about it. that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, with all the names on the back. Yeah. Absolutely right. Uh, so we'll see... Trey, do you think they do something here in the next couple of days? Do they, do they almost have to, I guess, is the better way to ask it? It's time. Call Michael Buffer or Bruce Buffer, whichever one the guy that says, It's time! <laughs> I think it's Bruce, right? <laughs> yeah, it started so. as the lesser Buffer. Now he's the better Buffer. Wow, <laughs> what a change. M. Night Shyamalan twist right there. This is a blessing in disguise, though, for the Raptors. It's rock bottom, like you're saying, Skeets. It's time. You never know what's going to happen. Could end up playing out like the Warriors. They had a down year last year with all the injuries. Mm-hmm. They kind of leaned into it. You know, Steph Curry didn't hurry back from injury. They ended up with the number two pick in the draft. The Raptors are pretty low in the draft order right now, but if you trade two of your best players, two of your most established starters, you're able to get even closer. And as we know, the lottery odds have flattened out. Maybe you get lucky. Maybe you get a top four pick in a draft that apparently has five guys who are going to be really solid players right away. I think this could work out well for the Raptors. It's a bummer of a season, but it'll be nice next year when they're back in Toronto 
with fans in the stands to have Kyle Lowry return and get honored, right? Like, it's yeah. going to be more fun to have him return to Toronto uh, having all of the people there cheering for him than it would be in Tampa Bay. So, a blessing in disguise for the Raptors. It's a bummer this year, but you still got those Bench Bros t-shirts and you still got a banner hanging. It's all good, Skeetsy. Yeah, Time I'm to not build too upset. How, how long can I be happy about the championship banner? I just like, uh, you know, how many years? Have you seen can... it? In, have you seen it in person yet? No, I haven't. At least until then. Unless until I get my eyes on it. Okay. Yeah, you got to peep it with your own eyes. Yeah. So we'll see what the raps do again. I think there'll be a, I, you know, I think we're getting closer and closer to a move actually being made here. If they can, uh, if Messiah and Bobby Webster can find something like, all right, keep it going here. Next game. Uh, John Morant, Dylan Brooks. Lead the Grizzlies past the Celtics in overtime. I was excited for this victory from the Grizzlies. You know, I'm slowly moving off from my Raptors here, of course. Uh, I've got a couple other secondary teams that I like. You know, I'm a big Canadian Thunder fan. They got a win last night. I love the Grizzlies because I picked them to make a nice second half run here. I think they're back to 500 now. Um, So I'm excited about that. They still don't have Jaron Jackson Jr. I think he may be still a couple weeks away. I thought he'd be a little closer by now, but he might be a couple weeks still. But, yeah, they were helped out by the Celtics missing Kemba Walker, Jason Tatum, as you said there, Lee, earlier. But John Morant is so damn special. This guy, 29 points, 9 assists, and some jaw-dropping plays. I mean, he is must-watch league pass material. He honestly is. Uh, Dylan Brooks, great game. He's got a punchable face, but 24 points, (laughs) 7 boards, 7 assists. And if this team can ever add some three-point shooting, whoo, look out. And they're young, so this is fine. Like, I, I would love to see them try and get in to at least the play-in tournament, maybe even the playoffs. But they rank 29th in three-pointers made and 26th in attempts and percentage. So they could use a little shooting out there. I mean, Jaron Jackson Jr., of course, would help as a big guy that can stretch the floor. Is he seven feet tall? I can't Ooh. remember what he's listed at. So I, I, I bet he's a bit shy. Yeah, yeah. he might be a 6'11-er. Yeah. Um, so... Anyway, uh, you know, they have a top 10 defense. They, they play scrappy. They play hard. And John Morant, you, have, you can't take his, your eyes off him. Did you see the dunk he had? Like, yeah, Dylan crazy, Brooks threw him a garbage pass. Crazy. Oh, JD racking it up. Oh, uh, rack him up, sausage. And, oh, my goodness. Like, yeah. it, I know this comparison has made, been made. I've said it 100 times. But I don't know how you don't see Penny Hardaway when I watch, the, like, when I watch John Morant play. Like, of course, you know, young Penny Hardaway, pre-injury Penny Hardaway. It's just like... The explosiveness. And then he had that one on the fast break, and he's the like layup, around his yeah. back in traffic, and he like, yeah, somehow sneaked it in. I think Tice even blocked it in. Fun stuff from the Grizzlies. Good yeah. victory there in overtime when uh, you know they gave up a bit of a lead and uh, sort of buckled down in, in OT and got a, a much needed win. For all these are important wins for them, obviously to get into the playoff uh, picture there, Lily. Yeah, the only uh, criticism I will have, uh, and I'm I'm an old man here, so I expect to take a little bit of heat. But the last possession in regulation was just bad mm. execution from yes, uh, it was. Oh, yeah. from the Grizzlies. Uh, took too long, and Morant not a great three point shooter. And we've seen him drive this season. Just surprised he didn't do it. That's all. Yeah, just surprised. Yeah. Uh, but again, that's something that a, a young player will learn. He was having a great game, and uh, I'm just I'm, I thought Taylor Jenkins would have just been like, just drive inside, like you've done that several times for us in close games in the past, but instead settled for the three, and it was nowhere near close. But they got the win, so, you know, that sort of uh, papers over that crack a little bit. But uh, mm-hmm. that's all, that's all. It's, you know, I'm not, uh, he was incredibly fun to watch last night. Uh, even some of his passes that don't even convert to field goals, he, do- he you know, he goes inside and then just hooks the ball around to someone on the yeah. perimeter. 
and uh, his accuracy and, and his precision is incredible. So he's only going to be uh, become a better player. And uh, yeah, I mean, just fun to watch, which is great for Memphis because they need someone like him uh, for have, to have the eyeballs, the national eyeballs. Yeah, you again. see Penny Hardaway. I see shades of Derrick Rose when he was a young sure. player. Man, that alley oop. That, that, that's the thing that's different. I mean, Penny was such a fluid athlete and had the incredible size, the handles, which I think you see with John, the flashy yeah. passing as well. But his athleticism is at another level than Penny, and I think it's at yeah, that Derrick Rose, even mm. after going through injuries. Uh, if we're talking about backhanded compliments, though, you love to say D- Dylan Brooks, great player, punchable face. I like this one from Brevin Knight. Something along the lines of, you got to have someone like Dylan Brooks to take these clutch shots. Someone who's not afraid to miss. <laughs> he means it as a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> but Dylan Brooks is shooting 39%. Yeah. Yeah. He is willing to miss, but he did his thing in overtime. The guy who stood out to me, though, big beef. Jonas Valanciunas, 16 points, 19 boards, seven of them offensive. I thought he set the tone for the Grizzlies, dominating inside. Memphis scored 80 points in the paint. Yeah. That's a ton of points in the paint. Which is also why it's a little surprising that Ja didn't go to the hoop there at the end of regulation. But also a little bit why I think that Aaron Gordon, Evan Fournier cannot be it for the Celtics. They're just softies inside. If you're seeing a guy like Valanchunas go and throw bodies around, throwing Robert Williams around. Valanchunas had a monster third quarter. They just need a real big guy to clean up the glass and just be huge there. Maybe Aaron Baines. Maybe they try and get Bainesy from the Raptors, bring him back, smack some people around. I don't know what it is, but... Somebody's got to do something inside for the Celtics. Hey, Skeetsy, maybe you can relate to this a little bit more than Trey, because I think you and I played a similar position as kids growing up, you know, sort of point guard, shooting guard. And every now and again, you'd get to like, as you go up in the age groups, it'd be one guy who just kind of goes through puberty early and he just becomes gigantic over one yeah. summer. Was, was never me. No, never me either. But then you would sometimes you'd be playing against this guy. And then, like I say, the next summer you come back and like, this guy's just massive. That's how Valanchunas has been lately for the Grizzlies, like really just throwing his body around. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, especially in a, in a game where it, it is a more a finesse game, it yeah. really jumps out at you that this guy's just back like the big beef, just like Man, he's just yeah. bodying guys. He is. He is. He's just throwing them around. I mean, we kind of, that's what it was sort of reported he was going to be like when he came over as a young player from uh, Lithuania. I said, this is a big guy, an athletic guy who can get inside and throw his body. But it took him a few years, like most young kids, to just mature and feel comfortable. Now he feels comfortable. He's got the big bushy beard out there as well. He's an intimidating look out there. Totally. But he's... Doing the job for Memphis. Yeah, you know, yeah. He's, he's been very good for them. So uh, this is uh, this is a really important stretch for them right now. As you say, only 500, still battling just to get into that sort of play-in tournament playoffs, mm-hmm. but uh, could cause some damage if they get there. Yep. All right. Next game here, the Reserves lead the Clippers' huge rally to the 119-110 win over the streak in Hawks. Snap their winning streak. Ka-ka. Trey, uh, big takeaway from this. This was a weird one. Yeah. I was up late playing Top Shot. Just finished Grizzly <laughs> Celtics. The NCAA games are winding down. I think, yeah, just got to throw on Hawks Clippers second half. I don't want to be silent up here trying to buy some stupid moments. Atlanta goes up 21 in the third. Ty Lue pulls his starters. I'm thinking, wow, Hawks are going to win nine straight here? Plus yeah. one over the Clippers? The main con- or the main knock on the Hawks during their win streak is that they haven't beaten any serious competition. You can only beat the teams ahead of you. Look, nice, nice action. They're going to take down the Clippers. I know they're struggling, but that's a good win for the Hawks. Yeah. But then Terrence, I'm a man, baby. And Luke, <laughs> the Nard Dog Canard said, not so fast, my friend. <laughs> 20 points on eight of eight shooting in the second half for Canard. The guy Euro stepped a half court heave at the end of the third quarter, drained it. 
17 in the second half for Terrence Mann. Some man jams in there. Shout out Ian Eagle. These two guys led the Clippers comeback, brought them back. Kawhi ended it with a dagger three from the top. He celebrated like the bouncer for Toronto. Screaming. You don't see that from Kawhi very often, but... This was a great win for the Clippers. Best game of the season, I would say, for Luke Kennard. He's had struggled to have an impact. Hasn't quite lived up to the contract L.A. gave him in the offseason. But last night, he gave the Clippers exactly what they were looking for when they signed him, or, or when they traded for him. Somebody who can make shots from the outside, who can create from uh, for others as well. If he can take some sort of confidence from this, Clippers' depth is going to look a lot better. So that was really nice yep. from the Clippers to come back, especially with two guys who are not their superstars doing it. Yeah, absolutely. The other games, Fox and Halliburton combined to score 58 as the Kings beat the Cavs. Thunder hit 21 threes. SGA had 31 to uh, beat the Wolves, 112-103. Trey, Irmas, Mitchell, and Gobert dominated as the Jazz crushed the Bulls by 25. That's a bad L for everybody in the uh, old pick them there. Uh, the Bucks killed the Pacers 140-113 without Giannis. Bucks are playing phenomenal basketball right now. And the Hornets topped the Spurs 100-97 to in the first game since LaMelo Ball's injury. That was a really nice win for them. I actually watched uh, a lot of that fourth quarter action. Terry Rozier, again, a massive bucket. Like a huge like little sort of step back, step to the side three. Uh, Eric Collins going bonkers. Uh, that guy is clutch, man. They had a graphic up showing the Hornets as like basically the most dominant team in the clutch. Like their <laughs> offensive rating, defensive rating, number one by with a bang in the league. So the net wow. rating as well. Yeah, it's it was wild uh, in like a close game. You know, five point game, five minutes or less to go. They've just been phenomenal. So that was a nice victory for them again after the Lamelo Ball injury. And uh, the only other thing I have to add is uh, back to the first one there. I saw. Tom Ziller in his newsletter today. We keep talking about Sexland all the time, right, Lily, with uh, Sexton and Garland, uh, which is great. But <laughs> Ziller says he's all in for Halifax um, <laughs> with the Halliburton and Fox. <laughs> you know, shout out to Halifax uh, up in Canada there, Halifax. <laughs> totally. Uh, I don't mind it. So, yeah, 58 they combined to beat the Cavs. Uh, anything to add to any of those games, gentlemen, as uh, we just lump them all together? You got anything, Lily? Well, Gilgis Alexander missed the game before, uh, and he just absolutely roasted the Timberwolves. Only had 31, but felt like he had 50. Um, that's a bad loss for the Wolves. That's that's a winnable game for them against the uh, Thunder, and they couldn't get it done. But, yeah, Gilgis Alexander is just uh, brilliant. Woo! I mean. He's been Special. great all season um, and last night. Just a couple of times, because it was close enough in the third quarter, and then he, he, he was just the best player on the court last night easily. And, mm-hmm. uh, that you know, Towns should be better than he was. Um, but, yeah, really good performance from uh, Gilgis. I don't even know why I was watching that one, but it was one of those, you know, you just sometimes like... <laughs> it was close. It got yeah, me too. It I, was I, close. I, I turned it on. I was like, wait, these are two of the worst teams in the league. What am I doing here? But I'm a guy who watches every Bulls game, so I'm down with watching that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm yeah. watching the reps. Yeah, so uh, really impressive stuff from uh, Gilgis Alexander. Yeah, I think uh, there was something going around Twitter last night. Like, uh, the Thunder have uh, the the average age for their starters is, like, lower than most, like, college teams right now. Or at least a couple of college teams. Like, they just have so many, like, guys that are super young. A lot of people never even heard of that they're rolling out there. And they still are winning games. Like, mm. will the basketball gods bless OKC in the, in the draft lottery, like, with those ping pong balls? Because... They have no right to be this good. They really don't uh, with a lot of the guys they're starting, and they keep winning a decent amount of games here. So maybe maybe they will be blessed uh, whenever the draft lottery is. I haven't even thought about when that happens. Who knows? 
No clue. Yeah. I don't even know if they named a date for that. So we'll find out. Okay. Have some sad news here to slip into the show. Hall of Fame forward Elgin Baylor died yesterday at the age of 86. He died of natural causes Monday and uh, was surrounded by his wife, Elaine, and his daughter, Crystal. The Lakers said in a statement, considered one of basketball's greatest players, 11-time All-Star, 10-time All-NBA first team, and uh, he was named as one of the 50 greatest players in NBA history, averaged 27.4 points and 13.5 rebounds per game for his career. (laughs) 27 and 13 over a 14-year career. Um, Lately, anything to add to, obviously, the sad news, but uh, one of the best players in NBA history. Yeah, uh, you mentioned there on the court, a true great. uh, He has a statue outside Staples Center as well, uh, but he was so much more than just a basketball player. Uh, In 1959, he sat out a game in protest because he was not allowed to stay at the same hotel as his white teammates, and that led to the league creating a policy which forbid hotels to discriminate against any member of NBA teams. So his impact... 60 years ago, you know, standing up to racial discrimination is very notable uh, and showed that he wasn't just uh, out there, you know, playing basketball. He, he wanted to have a greater uh, a voice and it, and it worked. It impacted the league. And uh, furthermore, in the 61-62 season, he averaged 38 points a game, but he only played in 48 games because he was on active military duty and could only play for the Lakers on his weekend passes. Um, so in some sense, basketball was his hobby in that respect, you know. And, you know, you think about... Um, the numbers he put up then imagine if he was allowed to focus solely on basketball what his numbers might have looked like might have looked like so uh yeah just an incredible person uh and and a fantastic basketball player a sad day for him and his family and uh, the basketball community yeah unfortunately never won a championship mm. didn't he because i he think he retired right before the lakers won one there like during uh, the season yeah right yeah, at the beginning of the yeah. season yeah, so obviously he's on the short list for greatest players to never have a ring. Uh, no doubt about that. I was watching a lot of his clips because they're being shared yesterday, and uh, people were pointing it out, man. Like, you know, we, we got the, the Euro step, as we call it, but should it really be the Baylor step? Mm-hmm. Like, Elgin Baylor was pulling out Euros, like, back in the 60s. Uh, Trey, I know you were watching some of the clips. We were talking about it last night on the Top Shot Hot Boys. Yeah, I was watching some Elgin Baylor highlight tapes from back in the day, seeing it go from black and white to color pretty incredible stuff it's crazy to see somebody doing moves that don't look out of place in the nba during a game from 60 years ago but obviously elgin baylor a super legend the lakers are the most one of the two most legendary franchises in the nba he's still fourth all-time in scoring first in points per game for the lakers there's been some pretty decent scores for the lakers over the years so for him to still be first incredible stuff and then somehow He won executive of the year with the Clippers. The Clippers were a joke, a laughingstock amongst the league. He had to deal with a lot of discrimination from Donald Sterling, but he was still able to piece together a playoff team in 2006. They looked like they were upwardly mobile, no doubt about it. Injuries to Sean Livingston kind of derailed them. They weren't able to put it together until recently, but for a period there, he actually had the Clippers looking decent, making it to the playoffs. So no doubt an L.A. legend. It was wild. I don't know why this crossed my mind, I guess, in watching the clips, that there's probably only like 30 minutes total of Elgin Baylor like Mm. footage out there for his entire career. Just like a weird thing to wrap your head around. Again, like one of the greatest players ever. We have like uh, hopefully like 30 minutes of it. So go watch it. Go fire it up on YouTube today. You won't be disappointed. You know, like 
you're going to be like, oh, 60s basketball, what did that look like? But Trey's right. He was damn athletic, especially for that time. Some of the things he's moving, like some of the English he's putting on the ball. Did he invent uh, the jelly as well? It's possible. <laughs> he, he takes a couple that are like, wow, yeah, you're right. right. Or he has that little crazy spin on it, up uh, kissing it high off of the backboard. So go check that out. And uh, yeah, sending our, our condolences to the Baylor family. All right, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. On yesterday's show, we played a legendary Lamar Hurd clip. Every clip from this guy gets better and better. Talking for almost a minute and a half about wedgies. Mm -hmm. uh, getting what? That was our 34th wedgie of the mm -hmm. season, I believe. It was a blowout. Blazers versus Mavs. A wedgie. Ball gets inbounded. Somebody goes to the free throw line. So there's a lot of time for Lamar and George and Jordan Kent to have a conversation about wedgies. So our tweet of the night comes to us from Josh Waldron Sucks on Twitter, <laughs> the genderless toy potato, who says, if that Lamar wedgie call was written as a say what, would y'all have voted mm. true or false? Wow. We're talking about a minute of wedgie talk. <laughs> Phrases mentioned included on an NBA broadcast, wedgietracker.com, I'm dead serious. I'm glad a basketball-minded person got that URL and historical wedgies. These just came up off the top of the dome in an NBA broadcast. So we got a pull up on our YouTube page. Would you have voted real or fake for Lamar Hurd and Jordan Kent? Mm -hmm. Talking wedgies for a minute and a half during a blowout. What do you all think? If Tass and JD were reading that, would you have believed it's real? <sighs> I think I, I think I would have gone. You know what? I think he just went a little bit too long there. Yeah, I think yeah. he just. So uh, I'm going fake. I'm going fake on it. <laughs> With, without knowing, because it's not like Task. Probably. Well, maybe he would have. Would he have said? You know, blowout. Mavs up thirty. Um, you know, like would he have yeah. given yeah. us the backstory? Yeah, because then it's like a it's like a baseball game. You got yeah. time to fill. So maybe. And we know Lamar, of course, knows about the wedgie. We love Lamar. So, yeah, I probably would have gone false. Yeah. Like, Especially I no bring way. up the wedgie tracky. Oh, like, the wedgie ah, tracker yeah. getting the love. Yeah. That's, that's too much. Yeah, that's just tacit. Like, it's almost like we haven't had a wedgie for a while, so he's trying to sort of get it out there and, and bring attention to it. So Right, right, yeah. right. Um, so I was told, too, uh, there's been some updates to wedgietracker.com oh, already. Yes, um, just uh, incredible work by Ricardo. So we were saying that there should be somewhere on WedgieTracker.com the all-time record for wedgies. Uh, that's there now. There's actually a nice definition now. The basketball is stuck <laughs> between the rim and the backboard. You know, people might oh. uh, stumble upon uh, WedgieTracker.com. And uh, he told me, I haven't found it yet, but there is... Uh, the Easter egg of me getting a wedgie by Shaq. Uh -huh. Wow. Somewhere in this. And so I'll let, I'll let you guys go. I have an idea where it is, but uh, I'll let everybody else uh, I don't know. JD, you got to click that dancing wedgie box yeah, right okay. there. Is, yeah, that is that it? Let's see. Go ahead, JD. Just click it. See where it takes us. Oh, baby. Oh, okay, there it is. <laughs> Incredible work, Ricardo. I love this site's getting better and better, man. Uh, go buy him a coffee. There's a link actually Amazing. on wedgertracker.com. You can uh, buy Ricardo a coffee there at the bottom. 
That's a a certified classic clip right here. Yeah, that is. That is. So we're at 34. We didn't have one last night, but that's okay. We're on pace for 63. You know what I love about that wedgie track? I love that little uh, little waves there. (laughs) Yeah, it's soothing. Okay, great tweet of the night. Um, Let's get to pick them results. We can make this very quick. We all had the Bulls to cover the nine and a half line at home to the Jazz. What? I mean... Did JD say we're, we were picking incorrectly? Did yeah, he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. He didn't jump on here, JD. You had it right, and uh, yeah. we we all said, "No, nah, <laughs> no, the Bulls are back." Is it's Tree Kirby's fault saying that the Bulls are back to win times? Uh, yeah, it's my fault. yeah. Well, so, I, kind of, I was I thinking kind of, that because I I listen to a, po- a, ba- a basketball podcast literally every day. Yeah, and <laughs> they never shut up about the Jazz. Ne- like nonstop, they love the Jazz. It's this show, obviously. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. I wonder where you going. Constantly, there. it's the best. They're the best. The best. Uh, the best team in basketball right now. We're you saying know, this all the time. I wow. feel like you oh, are. Okay. Other than Trey saying the Bulls are back, the Bulls are back. <laughs> right. But you know, uh, he also says it like this. Oh man! So, how seriously can you take that man? <laughs> yeah, you're right. fair anyway, point. Fair point. I, I, I mean, somebody should have swerved at the very least. So yeah. anyway, a loss for everybody. Drops Trey to nine and four. Uh, Tass eight and five. Lee six and seven, and I'm five and eight because we all had the Bulls to try and keep it close. They lost by 25. I mean, it wasn't close, close. at all. By the way, a great job on uh, whoever decided on the screen grab for that Trey Kirby payoff clip that we were sharing on social. Just like a uh, nice extension, Trey. Like you really, you really laid out for that. Yeah, I was happy that it was a one take wonder. Uh, yeah. A nice yeah. flat zone right there. Some people are saying it might be the new NBA logo, so we'll see. Oh, excellent. <laughs> I mean, we'll okay, so tonight's game. Lakers Pelicans. Uh, I think there's six games on the docket and uh, the Pelicans are favored by six and a half at home. Now, Lakers are without Anthony Davis still, and of course now without LeBron James, without the uh, high ankle sprain. So, Lee, go to you first. So, who do you like tonight? Yeah, it's a bit of a juicy line for the Pelicans, but uh, I think they can do it. So I'll take New Orleans by seven or more. Okay. Uh, well, JD, don't go anywhere, man. I wanted to ask you. Just pick for me. I, I don't like. Just tell me. Call it in the big guns. Go. Yeah, I'm desperate. Pelicans. I'd, I'd say okay. Pelicans. I, I would, if I were picking, I'd pick Pelicans. Okay, I was actually leaning towards Pelicans, so I, I'm happy to hear that. Trey, you feel like uh, swerving on us too, or are you going Pelicans as well? I also want to go for the Pelicans here. It's going to be tough for the Lakers, and I always feel like New Orleans has a little bit of revenge game against L.A. You know, Brandon mm-hmm. Ingram, Lonzo Ball, they want to play well against their former team. Kind of a big line, but I'll go with New Orleans as well. It is a bit of a big line, you know. What about uh, THT? Watch out for Horton Tucker tonight, guys. It feels like the Pelicans either lose by 30 or win by 20. I know, they're a weird team. Yeah. Weird team to figure out. Uh, I'm interested to see who Tass takes tonight. Let's find out. Give me the Lakers to cover. The Pelicans are going to play down to their competition. And give me a bold Dennis Schroeder game now that he's the number one option. I had a feeling that uh, Tass was going to go Lakers. I had, a, I had a feeling that's why maybe he threw this game into the document here. Okay, so three of us have the Pelicans win by seven or more. Tass has the Lakers. Fun show. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we will be back later today, as I said, to step on the beach around 3.30 p.m. Eastern time if you want to join us live on YouTube. Otherwise, that'll drop in your podcast feed as soon as JD can turn around and get her up. 
Email us your questions, though, for next Beach Steppin podcast, nodunksattheathletic.com. Like, comment, subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. Grab your No Dunks merch at nodunks.com. And subscribe to The Athletic already. Go to theathletic.com slash nodunks. It's a dollar a month. It's official. What a deal. If you're a new subscriber, you've been waiting. Get in for a dollar a month, especially during uh, trade deadline season if you're an NBA fan. I mean, just the uh, like we were talking about, Hollinger's calling dumb trades between the Clippers and Kings like 24, 48 hours in advance. Like, get plugged in, people. <laughs> Babe Ruth-esque. Calling his shot. That's right. Hollinger. Just <laughs> All right. So we will see you later today. Thanks again for joining us, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, and remember, I forgot I'm the quotes guy at the end of this now, so just let me show you this book, Trolls, 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 by Art Grandpa Stavig. (laughs) (laughs) Embrace the day, people.